This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. Joining us in the studio this Thursday afternoon, Stephen Holliday, the Deputy Mayor, Council Ward 2, Etobicoke Center. Deputy Mayor, how you doing? I'm alive and well. Always a pleasure to be here with you and these wonderful panelists. Well, there you go. And uh, also joining us, President of Actra National, David Sparrow. How's Dave? I'm fantastic, John, and uh, again, with uh, all, all these uh, fantastic speakers here, you know, the writ dropped the other day, and it is still clanging in my ears, so uh, I look forward to topics worthy of discussion. That's the little bell at the start of the horse race, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that, right there. And uh, Joe Mahavik, rounding out the panel, former city councilor, currently a visiting prof at York University in urban studies. How, Joe? Joe is great. When the weather is beautiful outside, it's just hard to find um, a reason to be negative. So <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to a very positive show. Uh, you're wrong. You've come to the wrong place, my friend. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, I mean, let's start on a negative note. For example, I know we were talking before we started here that uh, you wanted to get to Ontario Place shortly after this program, and you're trying to find the best route to take. And that's one of those ongoing incessant issues here in the city of Toronto. In fact, uh, last hour, one of our guests who was en route never did make it in time, mm. and I believe he left yesterday afternoon around 5. <laughs> so, so Tom Parkin is MIA because he got caught in congested traffic, and this is one of those ongoing concerns or considerations. But to pivot to a more serious note when it comes to that, uh, your colleague Stephen Holliday yesterday were at a vigil for a woman who was felled by a cement truck in the young Eglinton area on Erskine Avenue, just a little north of Eglinton, Mike Cole, Jay Robinson, and Josh Matlow uh, made it to the vigil, and they were talking up how the city has to be made safe for pedestrians, and uh, it's a nonstop invasion, according to Michael Cole. And they want, in fact, went so far as to suggest there maybe be a halt to condo uh, development and so on. I mean, it's seemingly impractical stuff. Is there any way uh, that you can see the city being made safer for pedestrians? It's just a given that development is taking place and there's X amount of road space and the trucks have got to get in and out of there with material. So this crosses my desk every day, including today. I was working on some of these very ideas. It is a very difficult position for a politician to be in. A tragic uh, occurrence like this happens in the ward. There's a public outcry. What's going on? And, uh, you know, frankly, knee-jerk statements like stopping construction, we can't do that. That's not practical for the growth of the city, for all the things that have to happen, the enormous cost of doing that. But there are things like construction management plans, and it's spoken to a little bit in detail in some of the media clips. But the point is, we can and should do a better job at the outset of these projects in working with the contractors and the designers and the engineers and everyone involved to have really good ideas on how the material comes in and out of the site, the trucks come in and out of the site, how parking works, how pedestrian works. You know, I remember one site in my ward, we got down to figuring out where the school bus stops were to make sure that there wasn't any interference with their operation because they're narrow streets. And we know you got kids on the side of the road waiting for a bus. You don't want cement trucks trying to make a turn in front of them. 
and you try to choose those routes in and out of the construction site, weaving through the city and finally getting to the highway. you got to get into the nitty-gritty of the plans. That's the part of being a councillor that I like doing sometimes is rolling up your sleeves and doing this level of planning. We need to have willing partners with the developers, and for the most part, they'll do it. But there's no escaping the hard work of the planning that has to go into these projects. All right. Uh, let me turn to Joe Mahavik because, again, uh, you're currently a visiting prof at uh, York in Urban Studies. This looks like it's a... Uh, a ready-made case for studying the urban environment and how to make it better and safer for pedestrians are all concerned. I mean, is there any practical thing above and beyond what we just heard from the deputy mayor? Well, I, I totally agree with the deputy mayor. I think he's he's on the right uh, course there. Uh, it, a lot of it is about <coughs> construction plans. Eglinton and Young is particularly crazy-making because there are there has to be 20, 30 applications that ha- are at some process of development. Uh, you're looking at a high-density corridor, and on top of that, you have the Eglinton um, LRT uh, being constructed underground there. And so, sometimes they're working right on top of each other. So it totally is crazy making. I can understand how any construction plan with all its complexity, and when you look at the volume of people just pouring out of there, I've stood in front of that subway uh, last year at, at this very time, in fact, and it's oh, crowds and crowds of people coming up. So the best laid plans of mice and men still have the human factor. Um, I think the way to do it, frankly, is uh, any construction plan has to prioritize pedestrians. If you prioritize pedestrians and then cyclists, then cars, and then the construction vehicles, that's your best chance at developing a system that takes care of everyone. So the people that have the least metal in front of them deserve the highest level of safety, uh, tra- uh, safety effective structures to keep them safe. Wow, all right. So you had the construction cars or trucks uh, placed fourth in the priority list. These projects will never get built, but still. No. Well, I mean, when we've seen Adelaide, for example, uh, when you had these buildings on Bay and uh, Young being built, I mean, it was insane. It gets winnowed down to like one stream of traffic, and then you can't turn right or left because pedestrians are crossing. It's just a a dog's breakfast. But let me turn to Dave Sparrow. I don't want to belabor this point. It's just frustrating. It's an incessant pain in the ass for anybody in the city of Toronto trying to get around, let alone at rush hour. Well, I didn't realize we're allowed to say pain in the ass on the radio, but that's exactly what it is, John. And uh, it is frustrating. Um, But I'll just start by saying that we were all speaking uh, just before we came on air with topics worthy of discussion about how our heart goes out to this family and to this uh, particular, uh, the loss of this particular individual. And that's a a terrible thing. But uh, to Joe's point, however you prioritize safety on these sites, that's what needs to be the main priority. And, you know, we've had discussions in the past about pay duty officers acting as uh, safety coordinators and crossing guards and and et cetera around these sites. Frankly, if more money needs to be spent by condo developers, especially ensuring that pedestrians and cyclists make it safely through intersections, that traffic turns properly and obeys the uh, signs that are up during the construction, the construction vehicles travel safely uh, through those areas, then that's the money that needs to be spent. It doesn't make sense to say we're going to, say, slow down LRT construction at Young and Eglinton because, in fact, that construction is what is going to make the surface streets safer for pedestrians and cyclists by getting a lot of the TTC traffic off of the off of the streets and ensuring better flow of people in all kinds of vehicles. So I think if we truly start to prioritize safety and ensure that those private developers... Um, 
spend the money that's necessary to ensure their site is safe, then I think we'll have better uh, outcomes. And uh, and again, this is a terrible tragedy. Right. Well, let me ask. Uh, here you go. Your colleague again, uh, Josh Cole, recommending, and you probably uh, had to broach this at City Council, that installing full-time crossing personnel at all intersections on Young Street from Castlefield to the K Gardner Belt Line, which is uh, what about St. Clair? I think uh, the K Gardner Belt Line, a little bit north. Uh, yeah, and have all that staff paid for by developers. Yeah, well, you got to be careful. You can't spend your way out of these issues. I, I take uh, Mr. St- Mr. Sparrow's point, but uh, I am a little bit leery about all of these costs that surmount. We've had, it's true, we've had these debates at council, and there are people out there that would love to put a crossing guard on every corner, but it's just not realistic. It doesn't take over or replace good planning on these, installing good rules and making sure you set up the scenarios that make sense. I I agree there could be places where crossing guards are needed, but uh, throwing on the backs of developers constantly ends up being costs that are passed on to the people that are buying the homes. And it's the same people that are buying those homes that are complaining about the prices of housing. We had a very caustic debate around city council about, you know, the cost for lane occupancies of the developers. Some said, hey, you should charge some more. Those guys take too long. They plug up the lanes. And then you had the counterpoint by the developers saying, you know, we're doing our best to get in and out of these lanes. And every thousands of dollars that you tack onto us just annoys us more and makes us push this onto the consumers at the end of the day. But can I just jump in? Is it, So I agree that housing prices and, and uh, adding to consumer costs at the initial buy in a condo phase, that that's a, a tough nut to... to uh, overcome. But the reality is the people buy these condos, they aren't built for three to four years. When they finally take possession, the price of the condo has already increased just through natural uh, events uh, by hundreds of thousands of dollars often. So to suggest that having a few uh, extra crossing guards or pay duty people to ensure safety in the community during the construction is going to be a major factor in the in the overall price increase of the condo, uh, I'm not sure that that is uh, hey, in but, fact but true. But to be pay fair, duty is... Uh, I'm with you, Stephen, on this one. Pay duty is time and a half for the police officer. There's no such thing as ordinary citizens or special security doing pay duty. That's a police function. It's time and a half. So that's 100 bucks an hour times 12 hours a day times 10 intersections. Uh, start doing the math, and you're talking really hundreds of thousands of dollars and, on a weekly basis. And you know basis. that we have to reinvent the pay duty officers. They should not Absolutely. be armed police officers. Absolutely. We've all agreed on that kind of thing before. As in fact, we should have have uh, trained people who can actually uh, direct traffic doing that. Doing sure. that the work. best it's system my... is bollards yeah. and really figuring out the physical the physical setup and to rules. allow construction. And well, rules yes, and for, wrecking... the, for the the trucks in and out, and the yes, times okay, and for all the that trucks. kind of stuff. Sure. But the point I want to make sure that is made is it's not just Stephen Holiday coming up with these concerns. The development industry has spoken, and what they have said is all of this red tape and all of this delay in approvals and all of these tack-ons make our work harder, and it costs us more to develop these projects. And at the end of the day, we just pass it on to consumers. And that was their response to uh, many people in the government complaining about the cost of housing. I'm not saying you, you give things away for free to developers, and I'm not saying you have to be completely sympathetic on this. But you do have to realize there's a cause and effect in all of these these decisions that we make. Adding one crossing guard is probably not going to tip the scale, but creating policies where we put them on every corner of every development starts to add up with all the other things that we tack on. 
And the point I want to leave is, is you know, it's just not a, a yes and no thing. You got to think this stuff through. And sometimes you do have to add that crossing guard. All right. What you're basically telling me, though, both Joe and uh, Stephen, that uh, it's a harebrained scheme from Councillor Josh Cole. Uh, let's come back. More topics worthy of this. You aren't, you're saying that, aren't you, Joe? Well, yes, but I think it's Mike Cole. I think it's Mike Cole, John. Oh, Mike Cole. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I Josh is his wonderful son. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, there's just uh, <clears throat> too many of these Joshes down there at City Hall. I can't keep track without a program. You're just joshing me, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I really am. Boy, that was great comedy right there. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.